Everybody, welcome to This Good Word. My name is Steve Weens, your host, and this is part two of You're Building Something. So if you're just jumping in now, you want to go back to last week and check out part, part one. Uh, and what I'm talking about these two weeks, it's an encore episode. I recorded this originally about a year ago, maybe more. And it was one of my favorite series because there's so many things that I'm working on uh, that take a long time. And there are times, and like right now, I mentioned last week, my book that I'm working on right now, I'm so excited about what it has become, but man, it has taken a long time. And there's been many uh, times during the recording, during the recording, uh, during the writing of it that I have felt like, ugh, what a slog. So this, these two episodes are all about making it past the slog moments and remembering that you're building something and it really takes time and you don't totally know where you're at and where even you're going, but all of a sudden, someday you're going to realize, okay, uh, this little thing that I'm doing here made a big difference in the big thing that I can now see. So uh, enjoy part two of You're Building Something. All right, friends, this is called You're Building Something, part two. So obviously, if you have not listened to part one yet, (laughs) you might want to go back and listen to it. These two episodes are my attempt to talk about getting perspective excuse me, on the good work that you are doing, whatever it is, and then to help you remember that the good work that you're doing, whatever it is, it really takes time. And there's just not many satisfying metrics that gauge progress when you're just in the middle of it, in slog time, I call it. But I want to encourage you in these two episodes to keep working on your good work, whatever it is, because we need it. And so last time I talked about drilling down to discover what it is that you're really building that is bigger than a book, a recipe, a poem, a church, a movie, a restaurant, a business. Those are all really good things, but they should be the smaller strategy, one of many strategies that fit into the larger dream of what it is that you're trying to build. So I talked about... You know, the thing that I've realized after all these years that I'm trying to build is I'm trying to build a tribe of people who can no longer handle Christianity as it has been, Uh, but they haven't given up on the Bible, God, Christianity even. Well, maybe they've given up on Christianity, but they haven't given up on the idea that there is more and but they just they all the language has failed them and the experience that they've they've had maybe meeting different people that don't fit in the categories of people that were in uh, but they realize they can no longer say that they are out or views of the bible or views of jesus or views of each other race uh lgbtqia plus stuff There's just so many conversations that are happening right now, and I'm trying to build a tribe of people that can examine those changes that are happening inside of them and in culture and to keep developing uh, as human beings so that they don't have to just throw it all away. I talked about how I'm not on the far right and I'm not on the far left. I'm somewhere in that hopefully fertile in-between space 
uh, of people that are really hungry uh, to keep going. But the, you know, the, the, the path is run out for them. The traditional path is run out. That's the tribe that I'm trying to get in touch with, trying to hear from, trying to write for, trying to speak to. And that is just evidenced over and over again by the emails that I get from you, that that is what, in fact, we're doing. So I asked you, like, what is it that you're building that your book, poem, recipe, restaurant, curriculum fits into? Have you taken some time to, to really drill down into that? And, uh, and so today what I want to talk about is I want to give some just off the cuff, some riff, I want to riff on some examples of how it is that I try to keep perspective, how it is that I keep going during the slog times, what happens when I miss deadlines or when I get tripped up by someone else's success. When, I, when it seems like they are doing a better job at getting their work out there or when they put really good work out there and I compare it to mine and I think, oh my gosh, it's, mine's not as good. So let's talk first of all about just the slog time. So I'll tell you that right now I am doing a lot of writing for this project that I'm trying to put together a proposal, which we will then, I talked about my agent last week and um, I mean last episode. So once we get this proposal together, this is how it works. Then my agent takes it out and pitches it to the houses that we think might want to publish it. And because I had a two book contract with um, my old publisher, uh, but what happens when you do a contract and you fulfill it is that then you have to do it all over again. You have to pitch all over again. You have to hope all over again that someone wants to read your writing, that you have a compelling idea that needs to get out there in the world. And so let me talk about a couple of levels to that. Uh, number one, so I'm trying to do this good work in the world. I'm trying to create a tribe like I've explained and books are part of that. Podcasts are part of that. A church is part of that. And, um, um, but the bigger dream is to create this tribe. So this, this next book is, is just part of that. It's just one of the, it's, it's, it's another way in which I'm trying to build that tribe. But you get all tripped up because you go, well, dang it. What if, you know, what if, um, after two books, what if I'm done? <laughs> you know, what if, what if no one wants to publish it? What if we pitch it around and people are like, wow, you know, really liked beginnings, really liked whole, or, you know, I read your first two books and frankly, they, they were, they were pretty good, but, um, I, I, I need to see something different. I need to see something, uh, you know, people aren't, people aren't reading that kind of writing. People aren't interested in that. Uh, people want actually to be on one edge or the other. Like write a book that that appeals to either the the way right or the way left because that's what's selling right now. I, I don't I don't I don't want to write or I I don't want to publish your book that tries to create this third space. Um, I don't know that that's true. I hope that that's not true. But these are some of the things that I go through. So as I'm as I am working on this, um, working on my writing, working on my, my, my proposal, and as I'm just slogging out, I have to. Uh, absolutely just get my butt in the chair and write. I have to have lots of hours where I'm writing. And I have, so I have folders within folders within folders. And I have a folder that contains all the writing that's current regarding this project. But I also have a folder titled Cutting Room Floor. 
And this is where, you know, I, maybe I delete a large section of a chapter or a story from a chapter or a part of a chapter. I don't delete that. I put it on the cutting room floor because you never know when that might be useful. It might come back in this book. It might come back in another book. Uh, and sometimes you can say, oh, man, I spent three days writing that section. And now it's probably not even going to come in the book. Listen, that is a good sign. That means your book is starting to take shape. That means your, if, it, if it's a book, whatever project you're, you're working on, when you have to cut, when you have to say, no, nah, that doesn't fit. Yes, in a way that's discouraging because it feels like wasted time, but it really isn't wasted time. What it means is that you're just getting clearer and clearer on what this project is really about. Uh, again, maybe it's a restaurant and you're working on recipes and you're realizing that recipe is not going to fit in the culture of what my I want my restaurant to be. Bummer, because I spent all kinds of time and money. On the other hand, not a bummer, because now we're getting really clear and really crisp on what we're trying to do. So um, when I am slogging through the writing phase and it's just tap, 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 words on the page, I have a folder of things that I call cutting room floor. That way I can feel um, not so bad about <laughs> the three days. Of work, but also, uh, you know, there's a section that I wrote for my book, uh, Whole, which I loved, but it never made it in the book. And, and, um, but I kept it. And so it's in the cutting room floor file for Whole, and it might find its way um, into this next book. So, I mean, that's is that is good. So, that's one of the ways that I keep going through the slog is that I write, and when things don't work out, I look at it as an encouraging part of the journey. Now, uh, I had a goal to have this proposal to my agent by April 1. Uh, judging by the fact that it's April 24 and I'm still working on it, that would lead the person with normal deductive capabilities to the conclusion that I missed the deadline. Now, to be honest, um, and, and this is just me being me, I am uh, a driver and a worker and I can be pretty efficient with my time. I don't really miss a whole lot of deadlines. I'm just saying plenty of other faults, plenty of other things. Missing deadlines is usually not one of them. I kind of take pride in the fact that I can usually hit a deadline. But th there was just no way that I was going to get this deadline in. And it was a false deadline. It wasn't like a contract deadline where I had to get it done or else I wouldn't get paid. It was a it was a made up deadline. So in that sense, you know, the pressure wasn't quite as on. But still I was disappointed. But I knew that if I if I would have rushed something, I, I just I knew that the idea wasn't as crisp and sharp as it needed to be. There wasn't much in the cutting room floor. And that's when I know it's not ready. When that cutting room floor file is full of stories that are good, but they just don't fit, that's when I, that's when I know I'm getting close. And so now, a month later, and really, gang, my goal is May 1, and I think I'm going to hit it. We have a week left. <laughs> I think I'm going to hit it. Uh, it's much sharper. It's much clearer in my mind what I'm trying to do. Even at the Festival of Faith and Writing that I talked about last episode, uh, when people would ask me what I was working on, I found myself like it, it was pretty clear. It was pretty sharp. It was pretty uh, like succinct. I could tell them what I was trying to do and who I was trying to write for. And that felt good. Had the festival been in uh, early March, for example, I would have tried to tell you 
but it just wasn't there. So that's another way you can tell it's getting sharp. As Mary and I would talk in February, in March, about what the book was about, I could tell by the questions she was asking me that that the, the things that I was telling her, it, it, it was compelling, but not sharp enough. It wasn't focused enough. I could just tell by the by the way that she kept trying to get me to clarify and my inability to clarify that I wasn't quite ready. So when you're when you're going through the slog, um, one of the questions you want to ask yourself is, am I getting clear and clear on what I'm trying to do and what this project is? Or is it getting more and more muddy? And the way you can the way you can tell is when you talk about it, uh, if you find yourself getting frustrated, if you find yourself um, people aren't really tracking or following or they're pretending to, or, or you're pretending to be excited about it, or you're pretending that it all makes sense, but you really know that it isn't, gang, you that's that it's just time to keep keep working. You you, you have to get it sharper than that. On the other hand, if you find yourself talking about it and you're getting more and more excited and people are getting excited and people understand what you're trying to do and they ask follow-up questions that lead to more and more excitement, uh, that's, that's when you know. That is when you know, gang, you are getting ready. So yes, that's slog time. Yes, you're pushing through. Yes, you're working on a, on a deadline. But hopefully it's encouraging when you start to fill up that uh, that cutting room floor file. And let me tell you, I don't trust anyone who doesn't have a pretty good sized cutting room floor. If I say, okay, show me your proposal. It's great. Uh, tell me, you know, three things that you really wanted to put in there, but they didn't make their way in there because you, because you realized after, you know, after the project was coming together, you just realized, oh man, it doesn't fit anymore, but I love it. Um, my friend Amber calls that killing your darlings, killing your darlings. You got to, you got to X, you got to X those things that are sweet that you want to work, but they just don't work. Uh, so let's talk about um, that moment when you realize someone else's project is killing it and yours doesn't look like it's going to. Or even worse, when you realize someone else has done the work that you're trying to do and you feel like, why should I even put this out there? Because someone's already done it. I just, one of my friends just said this to me via Facebook, just sent me a Facebook message. And I had seen her on at the festival, right? And, and we talked about the idea and it was clear, it was crisp, it was it was for this time very relevant. And I was really encouraging her. I said, man, that's a great idea. I can't wait to read what you're writing. Can't wait to talk to you about it. And then a couple of days later, she said, oh my gosh, like there's this person that really already wrote it. They, they already wrote what I wanted to write. And my immediate feedback was no. You know, I wrote a book called Whole. How many people have written books on wholeness? <laughs> there are probably, if, if not millions, thousands. But no one had written Whole yet. And I hadn't written Whole yet. So I encouraged her hey, you have something to say, you have a unique perspective on this subject, and you need to write this book. And I meant it, because she does. She's really passionate about it. She's thinking about it. She's thinking really good thoughts on the subject. I can tell, because all those, you know, it's like all those signs. I was getting excited. She was getting excited. It was clear. And I didn't ask her about the cutting room floor, but if you're listening right now, you know who you are. I'm sure 
as you're working on this, uh, you uh, you have a cutting room floor because because I know I I or and if you don't, then you know that you're going to now, and that's how that's some of how you'll know that you're getting crisper and sharper and more focused. Um, so so my encouragement. It's so normal to compare your work to someone else's and to think what have I what what am I going to add to the conversation. But gang, no one would ever write any book if that was a, the criteria that you had to write something that no one had ever written about. I mean, like when you think about it like that, how 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 grandiose are you to think that you were going to pick that one subject that nobody had touched yet? That it was just just wide open space as it relates to this subject. Oh my gosh! Number one, everyone's going to love it. Number two, everyone's going to wonder why no one's written about it. Number three, you're going to now be the absolute authority on the subject, right? Really, <laughs> like. Listen to yourself. Uh, and I'm laughing because I do that all the time. But but I really do think I've I've gotten to the point where I realize, listen, I'm going to have a perspective uh, on this tribe that I'm trying to build of people who for whom Christianity is no longer working. They have lots of questions. They have all these experiences. I'm going to have a perspective on that that isn't complete and it certainly isn't uh, exhaustive. And it's not going to be, I'm not going to be the only person talking about that. I'm certainly not the only person talking about that. In fact, lots of people are talking about that because it's an important thing right now. But no one has my perspective the way I do. I'm going to bring a unique perspective that I believe is needed in the world. And I'm going to put it out there. And like Kwame Alexander said, I'm going to have faith in my writing. Um, I believe I have something to give away that helps people. Now, I don't know what it's, I don't know if I'm going to get a publisher for this next book. I don't know if I'm going to, if it's going to sell many copies, even if I do, I have no idea what's going to happen, but all those things are out of my control. Whether you get published out of your control, whether someone, you know, signs on to invest in your business out of your control. Uh, what is in your control is to drill down on what it is that you are trying to build, get really, really sharp and really, really focused on that. Do your work of getting focused, create that cutting room file folder. And then when you ask people essentially to participate in it, which is what you're doing when you're seeking investors, if you're an entrepreneur, when you're seeking a publisher, when you're writing a book, when you're trying to you know, sell your script or your movie, uh, you are inviting people to participate in what you are building. That's what you're doing. And you don't know who will say yes. You don't know if anyone will say yes. That is completely outside of your control. Honestly, it is. What is in your control is, have I done the work? Have I done the slog time? Have I filled up the cutting room floor folder? Have I gotten to the point, have I drilled down what it is that I'm trying to build overall so that this part of it, this book, this recipe, this poem, this restaurant, this curriculum, this film, whatever it is, this thing is just a part of what I'm trying to build. This is one thing, not the whole thing. The more you get drilled down on that, um, then even if the worst happens and no one participates, if you feel like you did good work, then 
you can be proud. And I think you will find an audience. Might not be exactly what you thought, might not be in the medium that you thought. You might have to try three or four, five, six, seven, 20 times in 20 different ways. But if you've been true to yourself, if you've really identified what you're trying to build, if you've gotten crisp and clear, you've done the slog work, you filled up that cutting room floor file, then some people will participate in what it is that you're building. Some people will invest in it. Some people will get behind it. Some people are going to get all about it. And I really hope that these two episodes have helped you to identify the bigger thing that you're building, uh, that your smaller thing that you're working on right now fits into. Uh, that's going to take some time for you to do that. Ask people. Uh, notice what you really get excited about. Notice what you read, what you're drawn to, what films make you cry, what books you're reading these days that really are inspiring you. Uh, what conversations uh, get you, give you energy and uh, help you to keep doing what it is that you're doing. Uh, I hope that these two episodes have helped you identify that. The last little piece I want to share with you in terms of how to keep going, how to keep building your thing, even when you're in, the, you're in slog time and you're not done yet and you don't have many things that are feeling like you're hitting the benchmarks and you're getting the dopamine hits because, you know, you're getting encouragement or feedback, or whatever, uh, you're going to need to take inspiration breaks. Like you're going to need to ask your friends, Hey, what are some, what is some music? What are some movies? What are some books? What are some Ted talks? What are some clips that you think would keep my fires burning? Uh, because I'm a little burned out right now and I want to finish my thing, but I've lost the energy for it. I've lost the focus for it. I've lost the mojo. Uh, you're going to need to kind of take little breaks and uh, maybe it's reading poetry, maybe it's watching a film, maybe it's going for a walk in nature, uh, going for a bike ride, going for a run, going to an art museum, uh, maybe it's throwing pottery, maybe it's making a meal for friends, maybe it is chopping some wood. <laughs> I don't know what it is for you, but what I do know is that in the creative process, you can't just keep working without taking breaks because your, 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 your mind actually needs to not be working to make sense of all the things that you're putting together. So many words, so many things, so many pictures, so many whatevers. And your brain needs to not be doing it for a while. And you'll find when you don't do it for a while, then things will start to fall in place and you'll get one of those eureka moments, one of those aha moments where these three things that you've been holding and sort of juggling, but you don't know how they fit together uh, when you're making lunch, taking a shower, riding a motorcycle, watching a movie, listening to a podcast, listening to music. That's when those three pieces, that's when you realize how they fit together. And that is how it works, gang. You have to have moments of hard work, slog it out, right? Do all the stuff. And then you have to have moments where you're not doing those things and where you're sort of inputting and you're getting um, you're getting input that inspires you or, and you're doing something that doesn't require much, um, brain work and your brain also needs that. So my friends, we are dust and breath. Uh, 
We are limited and limitless. We are human and holy, and we are in it together. Hey, friends, thanks so much for listening to This Good Word. If you love this podcast, there's three ways that you can support my work. One is by jumping on Patreon, patreon.com slash thisgoodword. You can become a patron at various levels and get lots of good free stuff, including free tickets to any live events that I do, signed books, and other stuff. The second way is to share your favorite episodes via Twitter and Facebook, uh, email, however it is that you share content. Let some friends know that you love it. And then third is to go on iTunes and leave a rating or a review. So thanks so much, my friends. We are dust and breath. We are limited and limitless. We are human and holy, and we are in it together.